0: to see it and feel it with Dr. Brett. And I'm Dr. Brett, and I'm here today with Brandon Gaydoras, top 50 golf fitness instructor according to Golf Digest, personal trainer, masters in exercise science, and all around great guy uh, according to a mutual friend of ours. Welcome, Brandon.
1: Yeah, Dr. Brett, thank you for having me on today. I'm really excited to have this conversation. Awesome, man. Hey, so tell me, like, you know, aren't you originally
0: from Florida? Where are you from originally?
1: I'm from Binghamton, New York, but I spent my last internship working in Palm Beach, Florida, that West Ah, Palm Palm Beach area.
0: Got it. How long did you live down here where we're doing this thing from?
1: Seven months. So I lived down there seven months from the beginning of May to the first week of December. It's a very interesting stretch to spend down there.
0: Very cool. Yeah. No, you did it. When, and when did you do that, that Florida
1: stretch? That was 2015. So that was my last, last internship. We had to do a seven month internship to uh, finish our college credit. And mine was just happened to be there. And I worked at the Everglades, which was in Palm beach. And Mm. I would do that about four or five days a week. And then I spent two or three days a week working at the Florida Institute of Performance under David Donatucci.
0: Ah, very cool. Now, you know, I'm always curious when people sort of discovered their passion because I know you're a super passionate guy here and I know you're in the fitness world and specifically in the golf world. How did you put that together? When did that come together for you? And
1: and tell us about your path a little bit. Yeah, so uh, my passion for golf started when I was young. I remember my dad he wouldn't let me go to the golf course with him in the beginning. You know, I, I feel like a lot of dads encourage their kids to play, but my dad's like, you're not ready. So he would take me to the driving range and we would go and I was like so eager. I'm like, I really wanna play the course. And then he's finally like, okay, we'll take you on the nine hole course. And um, as soon as I was able to play on my own at 13, 14, I was out there as much as I could. And then when I was a senior in high school, I was taking instructions from a golf instructor. His name was Bernie Herseg. And he said, you know, Brandon, there's certain positions that I just don't know how to get you in that it doesn't seem like your body wants to. So why don't you go see this TPI instructor and he can help fix that for you? I was like, "I was like, you could fix that? Like, <laughs> I couldn't touch my toes. I couldn't squat. And wow. he's like, yeah, just go see this guy. And um, I and had- you said committed- TPI? TPI, so Titleist Performance Institute. Ah, gotcha, because there's a
0: lot of acronyms in this world. There's no way that most people are going to get the TPI being Titleist
1: Performance Institute. Yeah, so that's a good point. So Titleist Performance Institute is a kind of national golf fitness certification. So when people are looking for golf fitness instructors, that's typically what they look for next to their name. So this was almost 10 years ago now, and I had met my first TPI instructor And I was hooked. I was going to school to be a golf professional. But while I was at school, I was able to kind of discover the fitness side of things too. And then I ended up getting my master's in exercise science uh, after college.
0: Mm, Interesting. And what, what was that
1: program like, the master's in exercise science? What was that like? So I actually did it online. I had done a couple internships for some of the top fitness instructors in the world. I spent a summer up in Boston before I went to Florida and I had really started to learn a lot. And I was at school, I was at school when I was, let's see, my sophomore year, people started training with me at school. And I was like, okay, you know, I think I had seven people at one point training with me at school when I would just work out. (laughs) I would just work out and then they would just work out with me. So I was like, well, let me take this. I was like, let me take this seriously. So I started Mm -hmm. training people at school. I did a couple internships. So by the time I was getting my master's, I was already full-time personal trainer. So I would just, Were you
0: training? Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Now were you training your buddies for free or is it like, you know, hustling pool where you're getting a little money on the side?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I, I think, I think for my first three years, I made probably about $3,000 personal training. But to me, it was never about the money. It was about learning what was necessary to be able to train people for a long period of time so that eventually the money would follow. Mm -hmm. And um, after those three years, it's safe to say it did. (laughs)
0: Awesome, I love it. How'd you wind up in Greenwich, Connecticut? You know, it's a little ways from Binghamton for sure.
1: Yeah, so I wanted to keep my... PGA golf professional status. And I was Mm -hmm. looking pretty much all around the United States. I knew I wanted to stay in the United States for a place to go and where I could keep my golf professional certification, but do personal training. And it just so happened there was a facility in Greenwich, Connecticut, actually right on the border of New York and Connecticut that ended up having a indoor golf facility with a huge, massive gym. So I, I spent three years there before I went on my own. Mm. Were
0: well, you talking about Chelsea Piers? What are we talking about here?
1: It was like, called a closed down, but it was called Clay Health Club and Spa.
0: Ah, uh, i never heard of that, you know, because I'm from Fairfield County originally. Somehow I missed that part of it. Um, but we used to play, you know, through November, like occasionally as winters got a little bit warmer, occasionally we'd play... I remember once we played on like January 8th or something, you know, but do you know, Longshore, uh, Westport, Connecticut, that was our home course or my home course anyway.
1: Yeah. I've <laughs> never, I've never played it, but I've definitely heard of it. Yeah.
0: Have you played mo- a lot of the, a lot of the courses, a lot of the country clubs in Fairfield County
1: in Fairfield? I think I've played Fairfield country club or country club of Fairfield. I, I forget yeah, That's, what that's an
0: amazing course. I've only played there once.
1: So, it was the one, uh, it was the one right along the water. It was
0: For beautiful. sure. That's one of the most famous courses in, you know, in the tri-state area. Definitely Connecticut is rated as one of the top courses in Connecticut. It's pretty special. That one's yeah. pretty elite though. You kind of have to know a member for sure. or Be a little
1: bit tight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I played, um, you know, Wingfoot, Quaker Ridge and Westchester. Yeah. I played those courses. Very cool some incredible courses around here that is for sure. How's your
0: game? You know, has it, has teaching made your game better or worse?
1: (laughs) Um, I would definitely say my game is not as good as it used to be. I I don't quite play as much uh, since I transitioned to the fitness side. Mm -hmm. I knew, I knew at a pretty young age, I didn't want to take golf as seriously as I did in high school and college Mm -hmm. because I saw great. I saw great at a young age. My first internship, my pro made the U.S. Open and the PGA National Championship, and the PGA Championship. So there's a Professional Golfers National Championship for, for the sure. club pros, and mm-hmm. he made that. And then he made the top 20 PGA championship, the yep. top 20, top and, 20. And I, you know, I played golf with him a couple times. I was like man, if that is, if that's what I need to be, which you don't need to be that to be a club professional. I'm like, I don't know. And then I, start, I started to learn more and more about the fitness side. And I started to feel that I could be great at that. I just, I, I felt like where those guys are, I felt like I could do that. I didn't feel that way playing golf or being a head professional at a golf course. So got it.
0: Did you ever do any mini tours? Did you ever try to make it as a pro or did you just switch gears before, you know, you hit that sort of like wall of like,
1: you know, extreme excellence around you? Yeah. Never, never tried to make it. I mean, I wasn't as good as our mutual client, Kyle. Like I, I I was, uh, you know, I, I had, I think my tournament low is only 72, so. Yeah, I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) Yeah, so I've, yeah, those guys, you gotta shoot 65 pretty much at any course to even. Even
0: tournaments consistently
1: for sure, without a doubt. So I've enjoyed working with people who wanna win their club championship, who are working on playing on the tour, who just wanna stay healthy and play golf for 10 more years. I've enjoyed that part of golf. And that's why I've been able to accelerate and stay in this field for so long is because that that's where like, I felt like I fit fit it in. Yeah. It sounds like playing. you
0: found your calling. Um, I played golf once, um, with a 90 year old who had a pretty decent swing. I mean, he, he walked crazy slow, <laughs> but his swing was pretty magical like he had that you know he was a lefty and he had a beautiful nice little turn and he'd hit the ball about 150 yards straight every
1: time at 90 years old yeah so. when you when you think about when you think about the sport of golf it's something a lot of people actually pick up after their college days because these sports that people love so much football basketball baseball they start to lose their competitive and a lot of people stop playing it, but golf actually gets more competitive as you get older. For the majority of people, through so club true. championships and different things that they have going on in local amateur events, and I think that's one of the coolest things about golf. You could play it till, like you said, you're 90 years old, even much. older. Than yeah, that.
0: totally. What's your oldest client? Just out of curiosity, how old? Do you, how old have you trained people?
1: Currently, I would say. I would say 70 for before COVID, I had two who were right around 80, wow. um, but currently about 70. My Most of the people who train with me either just had kids or just had grandkids. So mm-hmm. those are, those are kind of the age range, like uh, 30 to 45. And then like that 55 to 70 range. Gotcha. That somehow that makes sense.
0: Well, you're in Fairfield County also that sort of that make that makes a lot of sense. Um, it sounds like you have a ton of passion for the training aspect of it, right?
1: Yeah, the, the training side I really like. You know, one thing that has always interested me, interested me about personal training, and I'm sure you could relate with psychology and life coaching. The coaching, yeah, totally is is the relationships that you build with people. I think the most underestimated thing about a personal trainer is that most of the time they're around very successful people all the time whether it's a ceo whether it's a parent a grandparent (laughs) a manager it doesn't matter you're exposed to so much in the field of personal training and that's one thing i've always enjoyed about it is the relationships and the, the connections that you build with other people
0: it's so well said brandon i mean it's really well said someone asked me the other day you know should i use a personal trainer and i'm like well, you're only going to get two to eighty-two times the experience if you do, <laughs> right? It's not close, right? If you got a personal trainer, the the challenge, though, and and uh, you know, I'm sure this is not something that you something you've you've run across but haven't done personally is that at times, you know, they can hurt you if they don't know what they're doing, right? Because I've had a lot of injuries and I've gone to personal trainers and I'm like you know, my left shoulder's not going to be able to handle that because I had surgery on and everything. And then next thing you know, I'm hurt. Right. So I had to <laughs> learn that in my twenties and thirties to basically stay clear of only, you know, pretty much only the best.
1: Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's one, that's a good point. You know, some of the things to look for in a personal trainer in my mind are, do they get, are they referred to you? <laughs> Do you know someone who trains with that person currently? And what are they saying about that person? And you're gonna get a lot of ideas like, hey, this is the person you have to see. This person can help you. This person will show up on time. This person will show up consistently. This person has a program designed that you can progress in. And I think I, like I, social media is so big nowadays and my fitness business, I pretty much built almost all without social media. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I can see that, though. You have a great style,
0: so right. You have a. uh, It's not just. I mean, your energy is very
1: trustworthy, which is uh, you know, which is a big part of it, right? And and that's pretty much how you started building your coaching business. Wasn't it through referrals and talking to people and meeting oh, people? Yeah. You know, I don't like, you know, I, I like um,
0: in my thirties, I, you know, I, I often say help thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And then I was one of these people that was, you know, A little bit cutting edge in the sense that I put my business on the phone at 40 and traveled for a couple of years and I was coaching people 14 years before the COVID era. So it really, you know, all COVID did was just make my world a little bit easier, actually not harder. It made it easier because people don't have to see you in person, right? So yeah, so there's a lot of ways we can get creative. How do you get creative on your end of the spectrum?
1: Well... I, it, it helped talking to people like you. Like, we were just talking before we started this. I think we last talked in April. And when, when COVID hit, I just started calling everybody and anybody I could possibly think of Pe- people who I didn't even know, who people told me, like, you got to talk to this person. And I just started talking to so many people. And I'm like, what in the world do I do with my business right now? Because I probably did like 95% of my training in person. Totally. And having COVID happen actually helped my business a lot where the last three months consecutively I've beat my best month ever. And, wow. it's, be- <laughs> and it's because of what you said. I, I, ha- I was forced to be creative. I was forced to talk to people to figure out, Hey, what do you do to bounce back out of, <laughs> out of a hard hit? Like COVID oh, hit us totally. hard. So, it, so it, are
0: you know- doing mostly zoom and video instruction? And how are you doing? How, what was, how, what was that transition like for you?
1: Yeah, so now I probably do about 60 to 70% FaceTime and then about 30% 30 to 40% in person. And and, um, what I did is I started putting together a business model where people could see me a minimum of one day a week if they wanted to see me more, that's fine. And then I had videos so that they can perform their exercises on their own. And I think the COVID time throughout that, I ended up posting like three, four, five, six hundred 600 videos. <laughs> um, wow. And it it ended up working, but it, it was a lot of work and it required a lot of creativity. And your business model really helped me realize that it's yeah, possible awesome. to still be successful, even if you're not doing everything in person. Absolutely. Now, tell me
0: about the life coaching element of the golf instruction, because we both know that you're in a life coaching business as well not just a golf instruction business right because how people take instruction has a lot to do with their belief systems and their ego and their non-ego and so on. Thanks for watching See it and feel it with Dr. Brett and stay tuned for part 2 of this interview. Remember to like, subscribe and share with a friend.